Whitney. I'm Danielle. And we are the founders of Sakara Life, on a mission to nourish your body and transform your life. Sakara is a Sanskrit word that describes the action of turning your thoughts into things and manifesting your reality. We believe that who we surround ourselves with, what we watch, what we listen to, what we eat, the information that we take in, impacts the way we think and therefore who we are. The conversations that follow are with bold thinkers who have had an impact on how we view the world, ourselves, and what it means to live the Saqqara life. The intention of these conversations is to push each of us to greater heights so that we can turn our thoughts into things and all shine our light a little brighter. We are so excited to be on this journey with you. Welcome to the Saqqara life. Also, please note we are recording from our homes via Zoom, so please forgive us for any sound issues. Today on the Sakara Life podcast, we are excited to welcome Dr. Josh Axe. He's a doctor of natural medicine, a chiropractor, a clinical nutritionist, and the founder of the world's number one most visited natural health website, draxe.com. Dr. Axe is the best-selling author of Eat Dirt and Keto Diet and is releasing his newest book, Ancient Remedies, in February and has written for Shape, Pop Sugar, HuffPost, and Men's Health, just to name a few. Maybe you follow him on his very popular Instagram or have watched some of his YouTube videos. He is on a similar mission to us at Saqqara, helping heal more people through the power of food as medicine. We found ourselves taking this conversation in a little bit of a different direction than we're expecting to, going from superfoods all the way over to talking about God. And if that word God is triggering for you or uncomfortable, feel free to replace it with higher power, source, spirit, universe, whatever resonates for you spiritually. And I recommend continuing to listen because there are just some great bits of wisdom and really inspiring words here. So hope you benefit from this conversation as much as I did. Welcome to the Sakara Life podcast, Dr. Axe. We like to start out every podcast asking our guest about their mission. So what would you consider your mission here on earth? Yeah, well, if, if we're talking about just mission in life, I think there's a few things. But number one, it starts with uh, love God, love people and make earth a heavenly place. I think we're all called to do that. And so for me, one of the ways that I really feel like I'm called to love people and make earth a heavenly place is through, you know, focusing on helping people support their spiritual and physical health. And so, you know, I know that my, my family growing up was actually one of those families to where we really knew nothing about nutrition. We were into fitness, like we all worked out all the time, but we knew nothing about natural health. Well, 41 years old, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer, which was so shocking to us. Cause if you would have looked at my mom, she was a fitness instructor. She was a swim, like a swim coach. She looked really fit, but had that cancer diagnosis. And so she went and had a mastectomy, went through rounds and rounds and rounds of chemotherapy. And just saying to myself, I, there was two things I remember thinking at the time. I never want to see anyone go through this again. And also thinking as a kid, there's got to be a better way. Like there's got to be a, a better way. And so thank God my mom was diagnosed as being cancer-free and healthy. But the crazy thing was for the next 13 years, she really seemed like she had more health problems than ever before. She got put on antidepressant drugs, anti-anxiety drugs, got diagnosed with thyroid issues, 
digestive issues, had all these health problems. And 13 years later, I was actually in school. I was about a year away from graduating to open up my functional medicine clinic. And my mom calls and says, I've got bad news. She's crying on the phone. And she says, I've just been diagnosed with cancer again. What do I do? I said, mom, I'll be home. I flew from Florida back to Ohio where I grew up. We sat down, we prayed together. And we felt really led to take care of her all naturally. And so that's what we did. And the oncologists were saying, we want to go and do radiation and surgery in three days. But they said, hey, we'll give you four months to go and do this other treatment. So we just changed everything. Started, she started juicing vegetables every single day drinking bone broth, doing a lot of ancient remedies like uh, turmeric, reishi mushroom, a lot of those medicinal mushrooms, mm -hmm. really focused on healing her mind just through, uh, she started doing animal therapy, like she rode a horse as a kid. But anyways, we followed this whole program of eating, you know, an incredible healing diet of berries and vegetables and collagen, that sort of thing, and all these ancient herbs. She followed it. Four months later, she went back and we redid a CT scan and her tumor shrunk in half. Wow. The oncologist, their exact words where we don't typically see this, but keep doing what you're doing. Went back nine months later, complete remission. Today, my mom is in her late 60s. She's in the best shape of her life. She runs, she water skis. She says she feels better in her 60s than she did in her 30s. That that really sums Incredible. up like why my why like why I do what I do. Because, you know, I think about all the other families out there and people out there, like we were in that situation though, because we didn't know there was a natural way. And thank God. Right these healing methods saved her. Anyways, that's a, you know, that that's really yeah. my, my why. Well, first of all, I'm so happy to hear that your mother is now healthy and glad she's doing well. And two, yeah, glad that you're, you're helping to get this information out there to the world. Similar story to ours about discovering the power of food as medicine and the power of ancient remedies and natural healing. And it really put us on a mission to, to share that with as many people as possible. So happy to hear we're on a similar mission together. Would love to, to hear a little bit about, okay, so you put your mom kind of like cleaned out her diet, started getting her onto more vegetable juices and more vegetables into her diet, bone broths, as you mentioned, and some of these more ancient remedies like turmeric and reishi mushrooms, like you mentioned. Can you talk about why some of those ancient remedies work? Yeah, sure. So, and this probably is not what you might hear from everybody, but again, my, my, my area of study is mostly Chinese medicine and Ayurvedic and, uh, and other areas of ancient medicine, even biblical medicine, Greek medicine. And so the, the, what herbs really do is they don't heal you. Foods don't heal you. That's the first thing to know. Your body heals itself, okay? And so what we want to do is we want to get our body in an environment where it can best heal and give it the building blocks it can best heal. What herbs and spices do for the most part is they protect you from damage and they get your body in a certain environment where it can better heal. So for instance, one of the things in Chinese medicine, there's a condition called, they call it the six evils in Chinese medicine. Your body can be too damp or too dry too hot or too cold internally. So too hot is essentially inflammation. Mm -hmm. uh, and then too much movement called wind or too little movement called stagnation, where things aren't moving through your system fast enough. And so like constipation would be obviously stagnation, where wind would be like diarrhea, right? So, so there's that balance there. And you want to be in the middle. So what herbs do, certain herbs, is they help bring you into balance to where your body can better heal itself. That dampness in Chinese medicine, that's what in Western world we call candida today. It's essentially dampness. Think about like what the environment needs to be for mold to grow. But how can you create a damp environment inside your body? I, I know a lot yeah. of these people who have candida problems are also dehydrated, not drinking enough water. So 
Where does this dampness come from? So really, a lot of it's from food and some from emotion. So foods that are very dampening include wheat, dairy products, egg whites are fairly dampening, a lot of oils, if you're doing excess oils, of course, sugar is very dampening. So damp is yeast and candida, but it's also mucus and phlegm and snot and all those things that can get through our system. And even a condition like irritable bowel syndrome or Crohn's or colitis, those you get, get a lot of mucus in your colon. So in the family, we'll call it of candida. The way you get rid of it in Chinese medicine is you do a lot of things that are bitter. You know, today in the Western diet, we eat a lot of sweet and salty. We get very little bitter, sour, and umami. And those flavors really, especially the bitter, help cleanse and clear your body of candida. So that's why I meant changing your environment. A lot of these herbals do that. So they're herbs like Darko. You'll taste, it doesn't taste good. It's really bitter. But what it does is it helps clear out candida. So now your body can better heal itself. And so that's really how these herbs work. A turmeric, for instance, reduces inflammation. But the big thing it does actually in Chinese medicine is it's known to nourish your blood and it actually helps increase getting nutrients and blood flow to different organs. If you have an herb like uh, astragalus, what that does is that actually activates and strengthens certain areas of your immune system. It causes your body to send blood and nutrients to certain organs. Specifically with something like astragalus, it's going to be your immune system and your digestive system helping the support of healing those areas. So, you know, these herbs are amazing. I could talk on and on and on yeah. about them. Those are, those are some. And what I love is that modern science today, you know, a, a lot of this traditional Chinese medicine and Ayurveda, these types of philosophies that you're talking about, were developed hundreds, if not thousands of years ago. Yeah. And yet today's science, now we have equipment and the study to be able to um, really see how some of these things are working in our bodies and the science supports what these ancient remedies have been telling us all along. And maybe instead of a dampness, you know, we can talk about microbiome health and having a balance inside of our gut and how these different foods, whether they taste sweet or taste bitter, feed different types of bacteria and create a different type of environment in our gut. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Wendy. So just from what you said at the very start here is, is that Ayurvedic medicine and Chinese medicine, they're over 3,000 years old. I mean, they've been proven by millions of individual case studies over the years. So it's incredibly effective, incredibly proven. What's interesting today that we live in a Western society, there's a lot of ego to where we think, oh, Chinese medicine and oh, what they've done in the past, that's, that's inferior. When the truth is, the way we practice medicine today has really only been around 100 years. And it is looking at things through a microscope and actually what the what happens so often in our western society is they miss the big picture they'll look at the small little things how this does this but they miss the big picture like how do the body functions as a whole like for instance if somebody goes into their doctor with a thyroid issue or a brain issue or a skin issue they think hey if it's a thyroid issue it's the thyroid causing it well we know in ancient medicine that other areas of the body affect the thyroid, especially the gut. In fact, Hashimoto's thyroiditis is almost completely related to the gut and the immune system as an autoimmune disease. So as we're talking about the gut microbiome, it is the most important organ system along with our brain that we really need to nourish and care for. And so, you know, your gut microbiome, here's the way to think about this too. You uh, have your gut lining which essentially acts like a net. It's a barrier in between your 
digestive system and your bloodstream, okay? That gut lining can actually get holes in it. Imagine you have a net and you rip it and things start getting into our bloodstream that should not get in there. That condition is called leaky gut syndrome. And so you can have things like gluten and casein and bad bacteria and even parasites, toxins, get into your bloodstream, start to circulate and cause inflammation and immune issues throughout your entire body. So one thing we have to do in order to maintain our health is we've got to heal and seal that gut lining one of the things to note is 70% of your gut lining is made of collagen. It's almost pure collagen when you're looking at your gut lining. So if you're going to heal your gut, you've got to be getting collagen in your diet. Now, number one, the best way is getting collagen directly via the number one superfood consumed by ancient civilizations all the time, and that's bone broth. But along with that, there are some amazing herbs and foods that can support to a degree, not as strongly, but more in a gentle way, collagen production, you have vitamin C, you've got certain adaptogenic herbs, there's nettles, there's horsetail. So anyways, there are things we can do to also help heal and sell that gut along with that. So imagine that as sort of your, your defense, okay, the wall of your city, well, then you have an army outside of it. And that's probiotics, probiotics, they're actually more probiotics than uh, in, in bacteria in your gut than cells in your body. We really need these to survive and thrive. For one, they allow you to absorb nutrients. So if you don't have a healthy gut microbiome, you can be taking vitamin C, you can be eating a healthy food, but you're not actually absorbing those nutrients. And that's what is so, so key about the gut microbiome. Also, it acts as immune defense. So if you have bad things come in, viruses, parasites, you know, those things, those bacteria will go and fight them for you. It's also important for a lot, a lot of things, obviously, digestion, immune system, nutrient absorption. But uh, th those are some, I mean, it, it's critically important. Kind of how I came to this realization and sort of part of my story for starting Sakara was really about my journey with skin and cystic acne. And, you know, this was over a decade ago. Um, and people weren't talking about gut health and how it relates to skin at that time. But I remember watching one of your YouTube videos a few years ago and being like, yes, this guy, he is finally spreading the word about where acne actually comes from, that it is a gut issue, not a skin issue. Yeah. And what, what's interesting, in, according to Chinese medicine, actually two organ systems cause cystic acne. It is the gut and the liver. And it's essentially called damp heat. So there's dampness, there's candida, and there's inflammation. And so really, if, if people know how to combat those two things, it can go away fairly quickly. The, the problem, though, is, is that a lot of people don't know exactly what to do for this. And so like in Chinese medicine, if we're going to take care of damp, damp um, heat which essentially that's affecting the gut and the liver, then we got to consume a diet that's rich in ideally a lot of cooked vegetables, some raw is okay, uh, some wild organic meat, and then a lot of bitter foods uh, are going to be very, very good. And then even certain things, even like, you know, um, berries can be good and things like that. But ideally, I mean, that's a perfect diet for acting in terms of herbs. Again, pal darko is a great one because mm -hmm. it's cooling and it gets rid of damp. In fact, that's one of the best herbs. And one nutrient that's really important for cystic acne is zinc, because that's actually what helps repair your tissue. Zinc and collagen and vitamin C help actually repair the your tissues. Yeah, but it, it's it's like for years, I spent time and money, lots of money and just like worry about the outside of my body that I thought yes. it was a skin problem. And really so many of these different types of 
issues that people are facing all stem from things that are going on on the inside that can be healed or as you said, a new environment can be created for the body to heal itself through food and herbs and supplements. A hundred percent. Yeah, it's amazing. But I do want to touch on, you've mentioned a few times throughout even just this conversation, the power of the mind and how the mind plays a role in both the body's healing and the body's sickness. Can you explain a bit about how the mind-body connection Sure. Well, here's one important thing to understand is that I, and I would say this, the most important part of you beating any medical condition is your mind. It's more important than food. Your emotions, fostering healthy emotions, spirituality, mindset is even more important. And listen, I, I, I'm like a nutrition guy. Like I talk nutrition. I'm a foodie. I'm like, food is medicine. And it is, but mindset is also medicine. And I think it's such an important thing to understand. Let, listen to this. A lot of people think that your genetics decide which conditions you get. It's 100% right. false, okay? So why does one person get breast cancer on their left side, another on their right? Why could one person who's unhealthy have a thyroid issue, another has a prostate issue, another person has a, you know, and one person autoimmune disease, another person, you know, chronic fatigue syndrome. According to ancient Chinese medicine, and I even say to a degree, the thoughts behind biblical medicine is so much of it is it's the emotions you experience. Think about we and we know this to be true if we actually think about it. So different emotions affect different organ systems. The emotion of fear, it affects the adrenals, right? Your body gets in a fight or flight state, your body starts pumping out adrenaline, cortisol. And, and so that's going to wear out those adrenal glands. Or if a child gets really scared at night, they have a nightmare, they can wet the bed. Why is that? Because nightmares, that, that type of fear affects the kidneys, the adrenals, and, the, and actually the reproductive organs. One of the biggest causes today of infertility can be, uh, you know, for, for a woman, is going to be fear of failure, fear of not being able to get pregnant, fear of disappointing their parents, their spouse, their loved ones. It's, it's this fear of failure that actually affects that lower area. Another organ system that's affected by an emotion is our upper digestive system. If you worry, the emotion of worry, think about it. If somebody worries a lot, they'll actually say, I feel like my stomach is tied in knots, okay? Or I get an upset stomach. So we know worry, that emotion affects the upper digestive system. Anger, frustration, impatience, resentment, hate, that family of anger, those emotions affect the liver and gallbladder, cause major toxicity and then stagnation to where your liver can't cleanse properly. The other one's anxiety. Think about this anxiety. What happens? Your blood pressure raises, your blood pressure goes up. So anxiety affects our cardiovascular system, our heart, our, our blood vessels, that area. And then our immune system is most of it, which makes up your, which is your lungs and colon. Biggest area of your immune system is affected by grief. Grief is essentially is in Chinese medicine. It means holding on to the past. You've had something happen in your past could be an emotional trauma, a physical trauma, a divorce, you could have lost a loved one, maybe something bad happened to you, you haven't forgiven the person, you haven't moved on. That thing that's happened in the past completely destroys your immune system. And again, this isn't theory, this is this is fact what I'm sharing with everybody. And so anyways, I just, I think it's so important. The number one thing anybody on this podcast can do to get healthy is first, get your mindset right. And so if you have fear, to foster hope and faith. If you're struggling with anger, focus on love and kindness. Like, and just make that a part of your daily routine. It's it's the number one thing somebody can do to heal. And I mean that even more than food. Now, people should eat healthy, but it's the most important thing. Yeah, I'm totally with you on that. And I think of my acne as 
as an autoimmune condition in itself, it was, you know, my immune system shutting down, constipation, digestion, those types of things. And once I shifted also just my self-talk and stopped looking in the mirror, focusing on my skin, focusing on my blemishes, then also my digestive system started to change too. I also started changing my diet, obviously, and living more of the Saqqara life, but the mental piece was definitely part of it for me. With Saqqara, what we believe is everybody can benefit from eating more plants, like the the majority yeah. of the population. You know, when you look at the numbers and you I would see say it that, depends on the type of plant, but if we're talking about vegetables and berries, then yes. I'm, I'm in. <laughs> vegetables for sure. No, but that 77% of American diets consist of processed foods and 11 million deaths per year that are diet related. And I would say the five major food groups of most Americans are bread, meat, cheese, coffee, and alcohol. And as a percentage, by far the most common foods are actually plants that people eat. And it's wheat, corn, and soy. Those three foods as crops make up an unbelievable amount of what we eat today. Yeah. And, and they're the most uh, inflammatory. Right. And, the, and they're the crops that are the most sprayed with pesticides. Exactly. You know, and two of those three are genetically modified and one's hybridized, you know? Right. <laughs> Not even meant to be eating them. It's crazy. We believe that if you can, like you said, give the body the tools it needs, that it'll heal itself. And so by providing more fresh organic plants, more leafy greens and things like that into your diet, you are able to get the body to a place where it's able to rebalance itself. And one of the one of our pillars of nutrition is around eating the rainbow. And what that means for us is getting lots of different colored fruits and vegetables into your diet, getting lots of variety because each different type of food, you know, it's a different color because it contains a different nutrient profile. Yep. And you you talk a little bit about that in your book about how different colors and tastes support different organs. Yeah. Can you explain so, a bit about the colors? Yeah, I, I think it's amazing. I mean, here's how, you know what's so amazing? Our ancient ancestors, the people like these these physicians that were in ancient Asian medicine, that they recognized something and it was just using common sense and, and, and really just uh, over the years. So they would recognize what food supports an organ system on three factors, the shape, the color, and the flavor. Shape, color, flavor. So foods that are blue and that purple, those dark sort of colors, very good for the kidneys and adrenals. Foods that are orange, like sweet potatoes and pumpkin and cinnamon and butternut squash, super nourishing to your stomach and your pancreas. Your heart, of course, red foods, your cardiovascular system, those beets and, and uh, things like that, raspberries. And then you've got two more. You've got your detoxification system, which is your liver and gallbladder, they love green foods, sprouts, spinach, kale, broccoli, all those foods, granny Smith apples. And then you've got your immune system, what's going to be activated by light yellow foods. Think about the best foods that are for your immune system. They're light yellow, garlic, ginger, chicken bone broth, right? These are light yellow foods. So, so you can tell by the color and then flavor, sour activates your detoxification system, umami, your immune system, sweet, your pancreas, so that upper GI, and then you got salty, which is your kidneys, your in reproductive organs, and then you've got uh, bitter, which is your heart. So anyways, like you can, 
in using food as medicine, like I think God created it this way for us. He didn't make it complicated. It's like, hey, you know those three things? Here's what to eat to heal those conditions. Yeah, it, it really is amazing how different foods look like different parts of your body. And really, like it's about getting this balance because it's not just one part of your body that needs support. It's all the different parts of your body. And so by getting a large variety of different types of fruits and vegetables and nuts and seeds and berries and all of these different things, then your body is going to be nourished really from head to toe. And it can be when we're consuming too much of one thing, that corn, wheat, soy, that only certain parts of our body are being nourished and the other parts become malnourished. And, you know, and this works seasonally too. Seasonal eating is about eating what's in season. So think about this. You're in the fall is when you should be eating all these orange foods. Okay. That's when they're ripe. That's when they're there. In in the winter, it's the yellow. In the spring, it's a lot of green foods. So it's, uh, you know, it's cool how it even, even correlates with the seasons. Yeah, no, I I really love that. And I keep coming back to this thought around um, how important it is to get bitter into our diets and eat some of these foods. Danielle and I joke about how we're like everybody's mother telling you, you need to eat your vegetables. The most common foods that that people don't like to eat are beets, onions, and mushrooms. And they're so important for your health. You just listed off two, no, all three. You all listed three Rishi, yeah. Yeah. And and how important they are to the body. And so we we tell people, you know, you might not like them but you got to eat them. And I think as adults, you know, you can find ways to make them taste delicious and, you know, mind over matter, start to incorporate them into your diet in, in little ways and get those benefits. I agree. Yeah. You know, even putting them into smoothies, as weird as that sounds, you can put a beet into a, a smoothie and put some of your Dr. Axe protein powder That's in right. there. Well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what's good as a beet smoothie is beets with a little vanilla, like a vanilla collagen or a vanilla, you know, plant-based mm-hmm. protein actually tastes really good. So I've, I've done it before. In fact, I did it like two weeks ago. So it's great. Yeah, we just reformulated our protein powder that it has four different types of plant-based protein and greens, four different sources of greens in it as well. So it's amazing. protein and greens. I love making smoothies and getting all of those good things in there for breakfast. And now for a quick break, we wanted to take a moment to tell you guys about one of our newest Sakara products, the foundation, which is a packet of your daily essential supplements all Sakarified, so to speak, meaning completely clean, plant-based, bioavailable, and coming from whole food sources. Lots of times people think that supplements are just pills that you take, but really you should use the same level of scrutiny and standards that you would for your food. So these supplements are not only incredibly effective, but also incredibly clean After taking them just for a couple weeks, you'll feel increased energy, better digestion, more restful deep sleep, brain clarity, 
and boosted immunity. And we like to think of this as our nutritional insurance. So yes, first and foremost, you want to get your nutrients from the foods that you eat every single day. But if you are a Saccharolite, which we know you are since you're listening, you know that we believe in eating clean and playing dirty, that none of us are perfect, nor would we want to be. Sometimes life gets in the way. And even though I get Saqqara food delivered to me every week, some weeks I just don't eat as well as I wish I, I could have. And so this is a great way to make sure you're getting all of the essential nutrients you need to feel and look your best. And for all of you Sakara lights out there right now, we're gifting you $15 to use towards your first purchase of the foundation. Just use podcast 15 at checkout on Sakara.com. And we put a lot of love and work into creating these supplements over the past three years at least. So we hope that you love them just as much as we do. Enjoy. Let's get back to the episode. You know, one of the things I've done, I'll just mention this too, um, if people are interested. So in the in the new book I wrote, we have a load of recipes that really support your body, your detox, all these different systems. You can actually take a quiz and learn exactly what recipes and foods are best for you. So if somebody's struggling with hypothyroidism, I go through the exact cures in there as well. There's actually a reference guide in the back where people can learn, hey, if I have hypothyroidism, here's the foods not to eat, here's the foods to eat, here's the top five supplements, the essential oils, lifestyle remedies that people can follow there as well. And everything from PCOS to infertility to chronic pain to digestive issues to hormone imbalance, we go through the exact sort of cures uh, in order to do that uh, in there as well, sort of using food as medicine and finding the root cause. And that's one thing too, I know, like, you know, as I've seen people over the years, that's one of the biggest problems we have today in the medical system is that People are just treating their symptoms. They're not getting to the root of the problem. So anyways, it's just, it's important. And I heard you talk a little bit about um, the Greek system and, you know, separating how we really separate mind and body and how important it is to get down to the root cause of, of where our illnesses are coming from. Can you explain that piece of it? Yeah, getting to the root cause? Yeah, Oh yeah. So let me give, give you an example of how this happens today so often. So somebody, um, let's use hypothyroidism. That's an easy one to use. They'll have hypothyroidism. They'll go into their doctor and their doctor will say, hey, I'm going to prescribe you this drug. Okay. Here's the other crazy thing that people don't know is that there is not a single drug without a major side effect. Every drug, I'm going to go through this real quick, but every drug depletes your body of nutrients. So people don't realize that they think, okay, maybe there might be a, maybe there's a side effect. No, they all have side effects and every medication. So I'm going to, I'm going to go through this here with a few medications, birth control, listen to all the nutrients that are depleted, vitamin B2, vitamin B3, B6, vitamin B12, vitamin C, healthy gut bacteria, magnesium, and zinc. This is one of the things I saw in my, my clinic is when I would have a woman come in and they would get off birth control, especially major candida and yeast issues, sometimes cystic acne, hormones terribly imbalanced. Why? Well, one is the toxicity. The other is if your body is low in all of these B vitamins, first off, that's dangerous for the fetus in the future, but zinc, now your body can't repair itself and your immune system is weak. You don't have good gut bacteria. That's one example here 
of so many. And so I go through this in my book, Thyroid Medications Deplete Your Body of Calcium, Iron, and Phosphorus. So really hurts your bones and your blood if somebody's on thyroid medication. So I say that to say this, that's our current system today. You take a synthetic chemical, maybe your symptom gets better, you feel better, but actually your body is getting in a more diseased state. When we're looking at natural medicine or finding the root cause, here's what doctors do that practice this type of way. We're saying, okay, what's the root cause? Well, according to ancient Chinese medicine, hypothyroidism is caused as a combination between adrenal and digestive issues. So your adrenals and digestion. And so what we need to do is, it's called, a, in Chinese medicine, they call it a qi and yang deficiency, which essentially mm -hmm. is like more of actually, you've got too much estrogen typically, not enough progesterone and testosterone, and you've also got your adrenals are totally worn out. And so what do we do? Well, one, we got to work on the mind, right? If you are, a lot of these people with hypothyroid, a lot of women, it's like, I'm, they're giving themselves and giving themselves and giving themselves until they have It's really left. common after having a baby. You know, Big I'm time. in these mama chat groups and they're all talking about thyroid imbalances. Well, and you'll start to see it because uh, especially the hair thinning, the hair a lot, you know, you'll, you'll lose some of the hair. That's when you know the thyroid is really stressed. So what we would do is say, okay, well, let's, let's address the root cause. One, you got to work on mindset. You got to do your best to rest and care for yourself while you're caring for others, but you got to care for yourself. And then from a nutritional standpoint, we got to eat foods that are going to support the adrenals and your digestive tract. So you want to be getting a lot of berries are a perfect food. Blueberries, raspberries, strawberries are going to be really, really good for the system. Rice is probably the easiest grain to digest, especially if you uh, put it in a crock pot and you buy it sprouted. Very, very easy. In fact, they called it congee, was that what that meal was called in ancient Chinese medicine. So one of the best things there. Seafood is actually known to support the adrenal glands. Seaweed, wild-caught fish. And I know, listen, I know not everybody may be on board with the meat thing, but I'm just this is Chinese medicine. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just sharing yeah. what it is. So it'd be seaweed and wild caught fish. Those sort of foods are so good for the adrenals, even some beans that are, that you cook long enough. And then for the digestive system, we're talking about bone broth and then sweet potatoes, pumpkin, butternut squash, those sort of cooked in cooked greens, lots of cooked vegetables, that's going to nourish it. So eating those foods and then the herbal, the number one herbal for thyroid according to even ancient Chinese medicine, is going to be ashwagandha because it is a qi and yang booster. It's really going to support the adrenals and the thyroid. After that, the number two is astragalus because astragalus is the strongest herbal for supporting the digestion, digestive system in a way which also supports the thyroid. And then I would say something like soil-based probiotics would be up there on that list. A green superfood powder would be good. Those are, and sometimes a B, if you're vegan, a B complex would also probably be very good to take. Those are the most important. But if you do that, you're now nourishing those organs that then those organs nourish the thyroid. I have helped hundreds of people get off diet, you know, reverse diabetes, reverse hypothyroidism, reverse autoimmune disease by just using food and mindset as medicine. And where does prayer come in to all of this? You, you mentioned that you went with your mother and you prayed. How does prayer affect the health of your body? Yeah, well, I think um, for me, my, my prayer life is really correlated with my relationship with God. I think one of the things I want to be clear on for, for what, what I, the way that I live and what's allowed me to be fruitful and fulfilled in life is not being part of any type of religion. It's having a relate. So think about this, like relationship of a religion. We are called to have a relationship with God. And, and here's what's interesting. If you read the first, the first letter of the Bible is the letter bet, which actually means family. 
And so what comes before family? The letter A, it's God. So anyways, why did God create us? Because he wanted a family. And so that's the first thing to know is just like now, like I have a daughter who's nine months old. I mean, I just love her so much. My favorite thing for my daughter, I love to see her laugh. I love to see her smile. And you know, 20 years from now, you know what else I'm going to love? I'm going to see her laugh. I'm going to love to see her smile. I'm going to love to see her using her gifts, being kind to people, loving people. That's what I wanted for. I don't want to see her working 80 hours a week, miserable, tired, being mean to people. Like, I don't want that. So all that being said, we got to think about our relationship with God the same way. Like we're called his children if we accept him as our father. And so for me, my prayer life is like, knowing God is for me, not against me. And so I'm asking God to, and I, I always start off by recognizing who he is and saying, God, you know, you, you are a perfect father. You are all loving. Like you're always caring for me. You're always working things out for my good. I mean, there are times you've protected me. I don't even know about it. And I just want to say, thank you so much for that. Then I, you know, we're going to have a conversation like, God, you know what? I had a, I had a rough day today, you know, like net things weren't going the way that I felt like they should, but you know what? I know you've got a plan. I'm going to keep moving along, but Lord, would you work out this situation for my good right now? We've got this roadblock, this mountain in our way. And I pray, Lord, you would just move that mountain and Lord, use me to, you know, do your good work. So, so th those are my conversations with God. That's how my relationship is with God. But I think the thing that changed things so much for me was realizing it's relationship. It's not about doing a set of cold, you know, religious acts. It's about a relationship and knowing what my, because this is, this is big with health, our identity. Identity is made up of two things, our self-worth and our security. What that means for me in terms of the great responsibility and power that I have and knowing all of us have. And so when I have that relationship, knowing, man, I got a God who's for me, like my value and self-worth is really high, not in an arrogant way, but in a, yeah. like almost a, a humble yet bold way. And then, um, and then security, like I don't work, I, I don't really worry very often, hardly about anything or live in a state of fear because man, I got a perfect father. He's good. He's watching. Like I, I'm trying to walk in his ways the way, like if this is what the Bible is, it's saying, Hey, here's how you should walk. Here's how you should live. So I do my best to do that, but God's looking out for me every step of the way. So I know that was more than what you asked, no, I, but, I think, but I think that mindset's really, really critical. I think it's really interesting because you know, in my generation, this millennial generation, a lot of people want to reject religion. They will even squirm in their seat, maybe listening to this conversation right now, talking about God, calling God a him and a father and personifying God. But, you know, if you can just strip away maybe some of these terms and words, like it makes it easier for us to think about this great vastness of energy and all knowingness and what, and whatever you want to describe God as, as a person, it might be easier to have a relationship with this, this other thing that is it, it, unexplainable, right? It's unexplainable. Um, yeah. And I've had my own relationship with God using different words, different ways to explain, but ultimately it is the same. And I think that it is this confidence and certainty that this relationship has given me that has been able to support me and Danielle through building a company, through leading, through challenges, like yeah, having amazing. a business during COVID. And the way that we think about it is that Sakara was just created, it needed to become, and we're the channels that it came through. And because of that, we know that it is going to continue 
and that it's not going to fail or die or cease to exist because it needs to be. And it is so much greater than just the two of us. Wow, powerful. And so this, you know, this level of certainty that we've had around it and this feeling of like connected to the flow of the universe has given us that level of confidence. And so I love what you're saying about that relationship. You know, for me, I see it so much with the business, but you're making me think about like, how can I have more of that relationship just even in my day-to-day life? Yeah, yeah. So I think for me, number one, it's rec- it's it's starting that conversation. And uh, I remember I, I just started praying for myself, and I just started reading the Bible. That, that's where I started. And I just and I remember praying and just saying, God, I I, I don't kind of know where to go, where to start. But so would you send a flood of just strong spiritual Christian mentors and people into my life? And literally, they did. I mean, remember a week later, someone came up to me saying, "Hey, I'm starting a a grow group." Hey, do you want to be part of it? And it was essentially going through studying, you know, the Bible, doing devotionals, like growing. It was great. I mean, it was like God's like, hey, here you go. So, anyways, it's, I mean, I think that's so so that's where I start. I really think for myself, reading spiritual growth books, reading the Bible. And I do want to say this too. One of the things about, you know, as we're talking about generations, you mentioned millennials, is that remember this fact is that truth is truth. We can't make up truth. Okay. We live in a, a lot of people of modern identities today versus traditional identities. Both of them have their flaws. Modern identity says, we make up truth, we make up morals, morals are a moving target. And so when somebody says, find your truth, or you get to make up your own morals, you can think that, but that's just still not the way the world works. If you call an orange an apple, it doesn't make it, it still has what it is. You're not changing what it is. So I think it's important to think that, hey, you know what, be be in search of actual truth and who God is and knowing what he says. I think that's an important thing. But I think it's like anything. Like if I'm gonna have a good relationship with Chelsea, here's the other thing. I'm gonna know the desires of her heart. Like I know my wife, she loves chocolate. <laughs> she loves dogs. She loves the water. Like she loves poetry. Like she likes deep conversations. And so my way of loving her and building a deeper relationship with her is sacrificing myself. Hey, I may want to go to a football game or I may want to do something else, but instead, what am I going to do? I'm going to pursue her. I'm going to pursue her heart, find out her interests. I'm going to help her fulfill her dreams. That's actually how you create a great marriage too. But it's also how you find out what does God want? Well, if you read the Bible, he says, will love me and love people. And like, like he, what does he want more than anything? He wants us to be kind to each other, empathetic, loving, sacrificing for each other. So anyways, it's because yeah. last thing I'll say about this, sure. I know this isn't what I, this isn't even what I expected to talk about, but this is really what has allowed me to be fruitful for fruitful and fulfilled in life. The definition of love in the Bible is agape, which means sacrificial love today. If you watch TV, it's all about, Oh, am I feeling this? Hey, I fell out of love. You don't fall out of love. Your definition of eros, which is a Greek word, which is lust, yes, you can. But in terms of love is a sacrificial commitment saying, hey, I'm I'm committed to you. Even if I don't like you right now, hey, I'm committed anyways. And that's that's the definition. So I think as we're talking about love, the importance of loving the world, loving people, doesn't really matter if you feel like it. Yeah. And and loving your body, right? Feeling that love no matter what shape it is in or what is going on with it. And returning to that place of love with yourself and with others around you, I think is, is so big. Yeah. So this conversation definitely went in a different direction than I thought it was starting out, but I love what we talked about today. 
And I think our listeners will definitely benefit from this conversation. I would love to end with what we call light work. Yeah, let's do is, it. Yeah, a challenge or a practice for our listeners to put some of what we talked about today into action and allow them to shine their lights a little bit brighter. All right, two things. Here's what I suggest. As we're coming off of this, I do. these are the two things I do every morning that have literally changed my life. Number one, a spiritual triathlon. I used to be a triathlete years ago. That's why I call it this. But it's my spiritual triathlon. I spend the first, I do it for 30 minutes in the morning. I spend 10 minutes getting grateful. I go on a walk and I just say, God, I, I just say everything I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for my amazing wife. I'm grateful for a roof over my head. For I just get grateful. Number two, I spend time reading. And so if I go on a prayer walk or that pray, I call it a praise and gratitude walk, I'll get, get back inside. And then I will spend time just reading. I'll read my Bible or again, spiritual growth book. And then I'll spend the next 10 minutes in prayer and meditation. So what I will do is I will think about if I read 1 Corinthians 13, which says love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast. It does. And so I'll be thinking about, okay, let me think about those character qualities. Was I kind enough this week? Did I say something that wasn't like, do I need to go and apologize? Do I, how can I be kind to Chelsea and my daughter this morning and really love them well? Like, so I'll meditate on that. Meditation for me is not clearing stuff out. What I believe meditation, a big part of it should be is chewing on something and taking action with that and thinking about how, how can I apply this to my life? And then prayer, I'm connecting with God. So I do that spiritual triathlon every morning. And then I have a superfood smoothie, which is made up of basically one cup of berries. I love doing goji berry powder, blueberries, strawberries, raspberries. So I do berries. I do one cup of coconut milk most mornings. Sometimes I'll do almond or a hemp milk or flax or something I'm like that. Coconut but- milk right now too. Yes, it's great. All those healthy fats. So coconut milk. And then I do a scoop of vanilla collagen powder. People could also do a vanilla plant-based protein, but I do vanilla collagen. And then I'll throw in like some, a little bit of greens powder, maybe a handful of spinach, maybe cinnamon, something like that. But I do that superfood smoothie and that spiritual triathlon every morning. And I'm ready to go. I mean, I've been doing that now for nearly 15, uh, yeah, longer than that, probably, probably almost 18 years. And I'll tell you, it's just, it's such a good way to start the day. So people get, because think about this, even if people just change breakfast, that's a yeah. third of their diet. Like, hey, that's a that's a great yeah, start. I huge. mean, that's huge. So I think those two things, you can go a long way. And if people want to continue to learn more, here's the other thing I'll say, educate yourself. I mean, continue. That's why your podcast is fantastic here. People are continually learning, feeding themselves, growing. And then I just mentioned, you know, I, I got the book out, Ancient Remedies. If you want to yes. learn a lot more about this, about the all these herbs and spices and essential oils and how those can heal you in your specific health problem. I love it. All right. Would love to challenge all of our listeners to do that spiritual triathlon with you this week and see how it feels. Let's go. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Axe, and look forward to seeing you again, hopefully in the near future. Well, it was an honor, Whitney. I love your podcast. And uh, hey, thanks so much for having me on. Thanks. In today's episode of the Sakara Life podcast, we talked with Dr. Josh Axe about the importance of a healthy gut and how a leaky gut can lead to all sorts of different ailments. He also talked about the benefits of probiotics. And today I wanted to share a Sakara story with you about our Sakara Complete Probiotic Formula, which is something that I take on a daily basis. It's changed my digestive system and changed my skin. And I'm so happy it's helping 
other people to do the same. So here is a Sakara story from Dana in Detroit, Michigan. She says, I'm so in love with this amazing probiotic blend. After a few weeks on this formula, my skin has changed in ways I never thought imaginable. I am glowing and people are constantly asking me about what skincare products I'm using. They're shocked when I tell them it's not what I put on the outside, but what I'm taking for the inside. Thank you, Sakara, for creating this powerful probiotic miracle. Well, I am so happy that it's working for you too, Dana, and that you really learned the secret that it's not a skin issue, it's a gut issue. And to get that glow, it really is important what you're doing for the inside. I highly recommend that you check out our Sakara Complete Probiotic Formula. You can get it over on our website, sakara.com, and keep sending us your Sakara stories. We love to hear from you. If you have a Sakara story that you would like to share with us, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at sakarastories at sakaralife.com. That's S-A-K-A-R-A-S-T-O-R-I-E-S at sakaralife.com or send us a DM at Sakara Life. Don't forget to hit subscribe for the Sakara Life podcast and share this episode with anyone you think needs to hear what we talked about today. And don't forget about the light work. It might feel a little hard, a little uncomfortable, but it's supposed to. The whole idea is that we lean into what's uncomfortable so we all get to shine our lights a little brighter. And we'll see you on the other side, Sakara Lights. Lights.